Welcome to AC23, the podcast and radio show for the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge. I'm your host, Dion Guillory. My producer is Jeremy Porsing. Porsine. I'm going to get this because this is my first show. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we've done an episode, but that's okay. We are back. And if you would like to open the vault to listen to some of your from some of our previous episodes, you can do that on Apple Podcasts. Click subscribe, and that way you'll always be in the know about everything arts in the Capital Region. And while you're there, go ahead, be very generous, and give us five stars. Also, we just want you to know that we have lots of programs at the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge, including Writing in Color, a creative workshop for people ages 55 and older. This free hybrid course will build creative and observational skills through writing and photography using Polaroid cameras. Over the course of five weeks, participants will build a portfolio of poems, journal entries, short essays, stories, and photos that inform their writing. Activities and assignments are accessible and will draw from everyday life experiences. All participants will receive a free camera and micro SD card, as well as writing instruments and a journal to use during classes. Hybrid sessions will be held in person at the Goodwood Main Library and virtually via Zoom starting July 6th from 10 a.m. to 11.15 a.m. For more information, all you have to do is visit artsbr.org slash creative dash aging. And then something else that's so incredible is Artsplosion Kids Camp at the Jewel J. Newman Community Center in conjunction with the Scotlandville Heart Trail. This provides North Baton Rouge students with an extraordinary opportunity to learn about cardiovascular health through different art forms. The Artsplosion Camp is free to all students who will be enrolling in K-5th through grade who live in North Baton Rouge. The camp will take place from 8.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. July 5th through the 9th at the Jewel J. Newman Community Center. And if you don't know where that is, that's at 2013 Central Road. Space is offered on a first-come, first-served basis. Lunch and snacks will be provided, and you can register online at artsbr.org slash artsplosion. Also, mark your calendars and set a reminder on your phone or even ask Siri or Alexa to do it for you. September 30th is the grand opening of the Cary Sarage Community Arts Center. That's the new building for the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge. I've toured it twice, and it's going to be amazing. So get ready for that. That's on September 30th is our grand opening. Another important date to talk about, and that's what we're going to talk about today, is June 19th. It's Juneteenth. For those who don't know, Juneteenth is a holiday commemorating the day news of the Emancipation Proclamation reached Texas. The Emancipation Proclamation freed slaves in the South. Joining me now to talk about the holiday, its importance to American history and the arts is Daryl Hambrick, the director of the River Road African American Museum in Donaldsonville. Daryl, thanks for joining me. And thank you for having us. Um, It's always good to be back here with the Arts Council. Yeah, I'm so excited about this. Um, So first off, let's get started right into it because and we were talking before this started and you've been on Juneteenth for quite a while now and a lot of people are just learning about it. What is Juneteenth? Well, it's actually a celebration of culture and art and community. Um, and it really marks the the freedom of, of being enslaved for, for that period and then the announcement of it and then finding out, you know, later that People had been free almost two years where the freedom had come, but yet um, nobody had been notified. It wasn't like they had um, uh, iPads and, and right. all kinds of information. No email then. No email, none of that. Um, and so people withheld information on purpose 
And some people just didn't get the information. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading, all of those issues uh, come into play. So Yeah. And, and it, it, Juneteenth is really big. And I know for me, growing up in South Louisiana, we didn't learn about it in school. Houston. Yeah. And, and then when I moved to Texas after graduating from college, that's when I really learned about Juneteenth. Texas and Galveston and all of those places have been celebrating long before, I guess, the awareness was uh, brought to the the current for- forefront that it is today. Um, some people still don't know, but uh, there was a time when I didn't know, and they've been celebrating long before I got on the wagon. And it's been about 20 years that we've been celebrating here in Louisiana mm-hmm. uh, as part of the museum. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, here in Louisiana, you know, just a few days ago, if not a week, uh, Governor John Bell Edwards signed uh, a proclamation uh, making Juneteenth a holiday here in Louisiana. And now we know that, you know, on the national level, the Senate and uh, Congress, uh, the House, they both passed a bill to make Juneteenth a national holiday. Um, you know, learn knowing what you know about how you know, it's been a movement to get to this point. How does it feel to hear that, that this progress is happening? It's really exciting because we had the festival um, going on for many years, and we expected everybody to know about it. And we thought everybody would show up. And And there were many times that we'd have the festival, and people didn't know what it was, didn't understand the dynamics. We celebrate um, Cinco de Mayo. We celebrate the 4th of July. Um, but what about Juneteenth? It's a celebration, I think, for all. And I think uh, just like we celebrate in everyone's else, everyone else's emancipation, uh, we have to take Juneteenth um, for, for, the, for what it was. Uh, and we have to realize that the history that happened uh, during that time, um, we need to understand how it affects the way we live, the way we socialize, the way we we um, understand history today. And so I think if we move forward um, and celebrate this holiday on a national level, the world will understand what Juneteenth means mm-hmm. and, and understand because it's not just a, a, a American holiday. I think it's an international because you think about slavery. It was not just Americans involved. These were Europeans who were uh, from around the world involved in the transportation and importation of the uh, Africans into this country. So I think everybody's affected by Juneteenth. Yeah, in, in some way or form. Yes, everyone. Yeah. Um, the, one, as I started to learn more about the uh, of Juneteenth and everything, you know, there's a flag for Juneteenth. Tell us about the flag and the way it looks and describing it and its importance. I think it represents um, the community – the colors, the red, the blood, the black, the people, um, you'll see some, some of those um, vibrant in, in the flag. Um, flags have represented all sorts of things, and, and we talk about flags. We talk about the Confederate flag, the American flag, and now here we have the Juneteenth flag. Police officers have their flag. We're flying all of these different flags, but I think uh, it represents uh, each individual idea and how they support what this this country was built on. And so uh, under all of those flags, there have been some injustices. And so we need to learn that um, the history that was created or that happened prior to this 
Um, and those flags that waved then are, are, are still waving. And so why not wave and add another flag to it that represents another part of this great history? Um, even as, as horrible as it was, uh, we have to face what that history was. And it's the history of America. And today it is at the forefront of uh, everything. All, all the debates, you see what's happening on the state levels. You see what's happening on the national level. Um, it's it's really a, a reckoning uh, to American history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are celebrations, and that's the great part about this is, you know, the, the celebration aspect of it and, you know, recognizing the importance of it. <clears throat> but it's also a time for reflection and conversation. How can people do that? I think we have to think it, it, it's an opening um Eye-opener for for people to begin the conversation because the race relations that we see on our televisions, the um, the voting suppression, uh, education, the police, all of those things are reflective and a part of this conversation. Because when you talk about slavery, you're talking about uh, people who were, were um, inflicted uh, or forced to come into a place and, and then forced— with all sorts of changes in their lives. And then you want them to be the best that they can be after all of that. But you have to give them support in the process. And I think through education, through healthcare, through uh, all of these things that we'll be talking about through Juneteenth conversations will start to come to light. And hopefully we can make a change and not just talk about it, um, maybe be about it and start making some of those changes. Yeah. We're seeing those things happen, but, you know, just keeping that momentum going, that's how you really get the change. Um, how has the arts played in Juneteenth? It's, it's been a very important aspect of it. Well, our museum is not just a history museum. Uh, we include the arts in our history. Um, and how could we not with the, the drum, music, and the visual arts and uh, the building of this country was was all artistic talent that was uh, created from the enslavement of people. Uh, our people uh, during that time uh, used their their abilities. Uh, sometimes the arts and the music uh, captivated them through that through that period to sustain them through the process. Today we celebrate in that same way. Um, the music that we enjoy today um, uh, stems back to those times. Um, tonight, I'm I'm glad to announce that uh, we've been working on a project with the Arts Council. It's called Africans on the Mississippi. Um, it's a grant uh, that was provided through the Arts Council, and it will air tonight on uh, a Facebook. If you go to if you go to your Facebook and um, Google, or should I say, um, search the search, yeah, use your search for the. Um, Africans on the Mississippi, you'll be able to join in at 7 o'clock tonight, and you'll see how the arts still have impacted and how we're using the arts to to tell the story and to get the information out and to talk about um, how we are impacted in, in our everyday lives. Um, we, we, we don't think about it, but subconsciously there are things that happen and we do that are all part of that history and, and the culture, um, the music, the arts. It's displayed all all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And then this is a great example of how the celebration is part of conversation and moving those things forward, and you know the the informa- getting the information to people who don't know 
that this is such an important aspect of our history. Our museum has been there for for 27 years, and we've been teaching and and talking about this uh, for many years. And and people, you can ask them today, and they don't even know that we exist. But today, uh, with Black Lives Matter and all of the things that the conversation going on, race relations, our museum is a very important resource to the community and to um, how we we digest. Uh, this history? How do we make it relevant? How do we teach our kids? How do we understand um, where it will lead us in the future? Mm -hmm. Um, And so what we do at our museum, we expose to the arts. We have a garden. We have a building called the Rosenwald School that we're in the process of restoring, uh, changing our community, changing the face of our community, looking at um, buildings and architect and trying to not just let them sit there and, and waste away, but bring them back to life and let them have meaning today in our communities where kids turn them into an art institute. Um, we have the Fr- True Friends Hall, uh, and we're in the process of restoring it. We want to make it a music school. How wonderful would that be and have outdoor concerts and, and teach the kids about the music that came from Donaldsonville, uh, Louisiana? Um, a lot of that history um, that we don't even begin to understand began right here in Donaldsonville, Louisiana. And so the arts is a good way to teach it and a good way to um, get the community involved. Mm -hmm. And also make sure that, you know, not only teaching it and those people learning it, but also passing it on. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned the fact that so many things um, arts wise, especially music, had roots in Donaldsonville. Touch on that because... A lot of people may not know, like, you know, jazz as a big... We have a virtual exhibit right now. Um, you can go to our website and uh, take the virtual tour. Uh, one of the highlights, and it's my favorite story to tell, um, because we all grew up watching the Pink Panther cartoon. Mm-hmm. And you know the music that comes on right before the the cartoon begins and um, the credits are coming up and it's a saxophone soloist solo going on and... I did not realize Plas Johnson, born in Donisonville, is the musician who plays the theme song from the Pink Panther cartoon. Wow. How amazing is that? I mean, it just blew me out my mind. I mean, here you grow up watching this and no I knew Henry Mancini was the the um the the, the script uh, the uh, the composer. Composer yeah. of the score, but you never think about who's actually playing the music. And Plas Johnson, King Oliver um, King Oliver was uh, one of the greatest jazz musicians that um, existed here during that time. Um, King Oliver was born in Donisonville. He gives Louis Armstrong his start at the age of 15. Uh, Louis Armstrong is the father of jazz. Mm-hmm. We say that uh, King Oliver is the grandfather of jazz and that he comes from Donaldsonville, and so the rural roots of jazz, many of musicians who live up and down the river here um, grew up in these small communities, um, gained uh, some kind of music abilities, and a lot of them went on to New Orleans and became famous. Some of them would uh, never say where they were from. You ask them, uh, where are you from? Uh, New Orleans, uh, of course, because if you That's were from what people New, know. And if you're from New Orleans, you got top pay. And you got better respect if you were a jazz musician. So they would never tell you they were from Edgard or Vachery or Donisonville or mm-hmm. St. James. Many of those musicians do have the birthplace of, of the river parishes. And so 
Um, come to the museum. Come and, and learn. Uh, take the virtual tour through our website and, and learn this history. It's amazing how um, we have influenced so many genres of music. Uh, you think about it, gospel, mm-hmm. jazz, um, blues, rock and roll. I mean, and the list goes on into rap, into every R&B, R- pop. Yeah, all, all the music that we listen to and love um, comes from the history right here. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm glad that that's a great segue <laughs> to uh, the next topic that I want to talk about because for those who don't know, June is Black Music Month, and you know we were talking about this before we started uh, this conversation that I was surprised that so many people didn't know that, um, but you a little spark in my head is like you know I kind of know music and I'm kind of into it so that's probably why I knew it um but so many other people don't know it um why June for for Black Music Month I I think it's a perfect time and it's and and with Juneteenth going on now it'll be a perfect time for us to bring our music to the forefront uh even more so and make more people more aware of not only Juneteenth but that June is Black Music Month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the world needs to, to, to recognize that um, you can go anywhere on this globe and you turn on the radio and you turn on uh, certain stations, you're going to hear influences of music. And I guarantee you um, we're going to be at the forefront of, right. of some of those those listening. So um, I think that June is a perfect month. Why not? Why not June? <laughs> yeah, it's a hot month for hot music, so we're why not? Out, people are, are out vacationing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great, Maybe it's a great time to release music, too. I don't know how that falls. Um, people, summertime releases may be coming out in June. And, right. And so that may be a perfect time to get your music out for the summer and for it to, to, to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like how you, you talked about the, the influences that you can find in pretty much every genre of music. Um, you know, it, it, you've got Motown and you, you know, you have that period of time. We, even when we were talking about jazz just a couple of minutes ago, you, you have the, all those things that have really influenced what music is today. You know, you have hip hop that is r- right now having a huge resurgence and is now the number one music genre, um, in the industry who, you know, at one point, People were saying, oh, it was only a fad, but Mm -hmm. look at it now. So, you know, just the idea that, you know, getting this information out to people to to know that, hey, there's an entire month dedicated to, you know, black music. I I think, you know, just the idea of it is is so incredible. And we're all learning, you know, especially at, at this point in time. We have a, a quote on the wall in our jazz uh, room that says, music is the ultimate expression of freedom. So why not Juneteenth? And so I'm thinking about it right now. I'm right. going, wow, music is the ultimate expression of freedom. These musicians um, from the early 1900s um, were limited. There were certain things they couldn't do, certain places they couldn't go. They couldn't um have access to to certain radios or, or anything that was popular during that time, and they were um, um, suppressed. 
And so sometimes the music uh, gave off that that kind of vibe. And so freedom uh, through music gave them an opportunity to go in places and play music and see people dancing and see people enjoying themselves and, and enjoying their music. Sometimes they went out the back door and never had an opportunity to engage with their audience. Right. And so, but they were free for just that moment. It took you off the plantation. It took you off of that regular day job. Sometimes you did have to clean up, clean uh, stables and do other jobs during the day. And at night, you could go off into a place and play some music mm -hmm. that gave you a feeling of uh, freedom. And so Juneteenth and music and um, uh, what music represents, I think today we still need those places where we can go and enjoy music and free ourselves from um a lot of the conversations that's going on mm. and, and sometimes maybe even begin those conversations because of the music. Right. And also, you know, as we slowly move out of a pandemic as well, getting back to live music and being together, that, you know, is another form of having that and starting those conversations too. So with Juneteenth, that, that means festivals. That means people are going to be out eating and food and all kinds of music and performances. We just had a festival um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, our Juneteenth festival uh, fell on June 6th. And I, I kind of was feeling like, why did we do it on June 6th? Why didn't we do it on Juneteenth? But the holiday had not even been created mm -hmm. at that point when we were planning um, and so now I think we're going to be trying to move our festivals to the actual day and closer to that day and make that day like the 4th of July, where uh, people celebrate that day uh, and maybe even that entire week. And now that it's Black Music Month, it may be a Juneteenth celebration throughout the entire month. Um, I think fireworks uh, should be a part of these celebrations. I think that the world needs to join in and join the forces to to celebrate not only the music, but the culture, the people, uh, the essence of what um, America has has created in African Americans and Blacks people who live on this this great in this great country. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Daryl Hambrick, I could talk to you all day, but we're running out of time. <laughs> the director of the River Road African American Museum in Donaldsonville. Thank you so much and thank you for listening to AC23. I'm your host Dion Guillory. Until next time.